Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. You know success when you see it, or you think you do, the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Live from our nation's capital. This budget thing is going to do nothing. Space Force, I still think it's interesting. President Trump not playing his cards yet. Headlines, policy, and politics colliding. Sound on with Kevin Cirilli. The insiders, the influencers, the insights. I would rather see a congressional solution. It's part of my DNA. The Senate map in 2020 looks a lot different than it looked in 2018. You really have a divide within Team Trump. The president has to do exactly what people sent him here to do, which is to get it done. This is Sound On. With Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore. Greetings from Miami. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. And we are broadcasting live right outside of the first Democratic debate spin room. All the candidates, they're filing in and out. It's the scene of all of the action. We're in the eye of the storm tonight. In just a couple of hours, Senator Elizabeth Warren, the Democrat from Massachusetts, makes her debut on the Democratic presidential debate stage, night one of two. Ten candidates tonight. They've got 60 seconds or so to answer the questions, followed by a 30-second rebuttal. Meanwhile, President Trump, well, he said he has to watch. He has to watch this debate. He's en route to the G20. We've got an all-star, all-star group of panelists, Democratic strategist Adrian Elrod with us, as is the big boss, Craig Gordon, Bloomberg News Washington bureau chief, A.B. Stoddard, associate editor and columnist at Real Clear Politics. She's holding down the fort for me back in our D.C. bureau. And Patrick Murphy, Patrick Murphy just walked in. He's former Democratic congressman of Florida's 18th congressional district, Miami. We're in Miami, like Will Smith, Miami. But before we get to everything, it is hot and humid, but I'm not complaining because we're grateful to be here. The first, the first Democratic presidential debate. We're kickstarting 2020, just a few hours. I was just in the spin room. I was talking to an aide to uh, Biden world, former Vice President Joe Biden. He's hitting the stage tomorrow. I said, where is former Vice President Joe Biden watching the debate? He's back in Delaware. He's going to be watching Del- for the debate tonight in Delaware. He's the clear front runner. Everybody wants to know how is he going to back against all of the criticism, the criticism that he's faced. And tomorrow night he shares the stage with the independent senator from Vermont, Senator Bernie Sanders. Adrian Elrod here. She's a Democratic strategist, former Clinton presidential campaign director of strategic communications, as well as a former senior aide to the Clinton campaign. My boss, Craig Gordon. Bloomberg News Washington Bureau Chief, standing right across from me (laughs) here in Miami. Former Congressman Patrick Murphy. He is a former congressman for Florida's 18th uh, Congressional District. And A.B. Stoddard, thank you, A.B., for holding down the fort for us 
back in Washington, D.C. She's the associate editor and columnist at Real Clear Politics. Craig, what are you watching for tonight? What does Senator Elizabeth Warren have to do tonight in order to remain in the top tier? I mean, look, she has the most substantive policy positions, and I think she actually is kind of right now the voice of the Democratic Party. Most everything that she stands for, the other 19 candidates in this debate also stand for, with a few small exceptions, maybe Medicare for all, a few things like that. But, you know, can she hold on to that position by both looking smart and tough? And there's that word electable. Uh, and are the other nine people on stage with her tonight going to take shots at her? Or are they going to just try to tell their story to the American people? I lean toward the latter. I wish we had a senior. Oh, wait, we do have a senior Democratic strategist right here on the show, Adrian Elrod. Will the candidates take shots at Senator Warren or I also like not shots, political at Senator Warren? Or will they just save all of their fire for President Trump? I think you might see a few shots at Elizabeth Warren. For the, if, if only for the fact that she is head and shoulders above the rest of the candidates on that stage in terms of where she is in the polling right now, which sort of worked out randomly, right? Because when you initially, when the polling was done, it started in January and went to about two weeks ago. And so basically the polling averages are what were used um, out of three, you know, the top three polls. So when Elizabeth Warren was initially part of that mix, so was Cory Booker, so um, was, um, to an extent, Amy Klobuchar. Beto O'Rourke, but now some of them have dropped. So she really does have, this is her stage tonight. Um, She will have a commanding presence. If I were her, if I was advising her, I would say, you know what? Rise above the fray. Focus your policies on the contrast that your policies have with Donald Trump's policies. And don't really get into the muckety-muck with the other candidates. Now, that's not to say that the other candidates won't try to throw the occasional, you know, jab and, and, you know, pot shot at her. But I think this is going to be her stage tonight, and I think that she is going to be the one who is in command. Adrienne Elrod's here. She is a senior Democratic strategist, previously advising former pre- presidential candidate for the Democrats, Hillary Clinton. We're talking about the optics, so much of the optics, really, and how they illustrate the policy. Senator Elizabeth Warren visiting a detention facility earlier today in Homestead, Florida. Homestead, Florida, the site of this detention facility where uh, children are being uh, kept uh, who are here illegally. A.B. Stoddard here, and from Washington's perspective, what do the other candidates, what does former Congressman Beto O'Rourke or Senator Amy Klobuchar, what do they have to do tonight to try to get into the top tier? Adrian's comments about how this is sort of Elizabeth Warren's stage because she's the only top five polar on stage tonight is that it makes it easier for the other people like Beto, who's consistently number six, and people down in the 2% um, tier to to have a moment because she's really the only, you know, top contender uh, on stage. So I think that they need to try to, to make a case. Um, they won't have a lot of t- but they'll have more notice probably because it's not going to be like tomorrow night when everyone is watching the dynamics between you know at least six or seven people so uh they have to make the case that to make them more memorable they need to they need to say something different i don't think it's gonna be uh worth attacking biden or elizabeth warren on this stage tonight if you're one of the lower hanging fruit uh in the polling and i think that um uh, what's going to be interesting is to see if Elizabeth Warren actually tries to say anything subtly about the former vice president, uh, Joe Biden, or, or she or, goes, takes the gloves off, or Bernie Sanders, who aren't going to be there and have a chance to respond. So that also is a high risk proposition. I wonder if she's going to afford herself that opportunity since she won't be on stage with them tomorrow night. Patrick Murphy's here, former congressman uh, for Florida's 18th congressional district. And, you know, I, just in terms of the, how difficult this is going to be to really get a moment 
I mean, you look at sort of the rundown, the TikTok for how this is going to play out. They've got 60 seconds, 60 seconds. I can't stop talking in 60 seconds in order to make their point. And then they have 30 seconds for a rebuttal, no opening statements. And then if they won't conclude, they can give a, a, a concluding remarks. You multiply that. If you're at home and you're just joining the party and you're trying to figure out who to vote for and you got to hear like 20 pitches, plus there's people who aren't even going to be on the stage, i.e. Joe Sestak, how do you even prepare for something like this? Well, a lot of the training that's been going into this isn't just about the what is said, about the language. It's about the body language, right? It's about the, the, the subtleties that people on TV are going to be looking for because you and I, you know, the viewers, those listening right now, when you meet somebody, you make a determination about them within a split second. These candidates are all Don't I being, know it. Yeah, these candidates are all being trained right now to you know, notice that body language, and it's not just uh, about that that moment, which is important. With Elizabeth Warren, it's going to be about going after Joe Biden. That is the clear front runner right now in this race. So the candidates, while Elizabeth Warren's in the room, I think they're also really going to be going after uh, Vice President Biden. I think Patrick mentions a really important point, which is the body language. That's something that we're not hearing as much from you know from pundits, from reporters, and whatnot. But it is so important, especially with 20 people who are going to be debating over the next two days, 10 people on the stage each night. The body language is really important. And, you know, some of the best debate coaches in the country, um, Ron Klain, who's um, Ron. a dear friend of mine, who's also advising Joe Biden and, and managing his debate prep. Um, Ron Klain is very good about making it clear that you cannot look defensive. You've got a very calm demeanor about yourself. You've got to have, you know, a posture that um, even when you're being attacked, that does not appear overly defensive. Of course, Patrick here has done debates. I mean, he ran against Marco Rubio um, for the United States Senate. So you yourself have done quite a few debates, too, and you probably have some good tips to, to share. Well, that's the only reason I was able to say what I just said was because that's what a lot of the training was, quite frankly, was that body language, was that posture, was getting a 10-minute answer down to a crisp 60 seconds, where those talking points don't sound like talking points, but sound like you just thought of this brilliant response to an answer on student debt or climate or health care, right, and being a personable individual. Exactly. Authenticity. Here's your dark horse, Craig. Uh, Beto. I would look for Beto. Um, He's still in my sort of top six as I rate the field, so I guess he's not that dark of a dark horse. But, you know, people fell in love with the Beto O'Rourke that ran against and almost beat Ted Cruz. There's People are kind of bearish on him right now if he, uh, you know, stares into that camera. Who did stole his thunder? Yes, there can only be one or the other. It can't be, you can't have Beto and Mayor Pete, and right now Mayor Pete's taking up all the oxygen in the what I would call the sort of the hopey changey lane a little bit there. But Beto has a chance to get some of that. You know, back I interviewed right. folks uh, who are outside here, and they drove 19 and a half hours. 19 and a half hours they drove from Texas to be here at this first debate. Wow. They, they like Beto. They said and they took their grandson, seven-year-old grandson. He's a. He said he's. He said he wants to grow. They say he's the. He's the next Lester Holt. Uh, I thought that was nice. Nineteen and a half hours to do this. Coming up, we talk much more live from outside of the spin room from the first Democratic presidential debate panel. Stays. I'm Kevin Cirilli. Download the Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can find me on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. This is Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Berg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Boulder. They want to make a deal more than I do. Let me put it that way. They want to make a deal. That was President Trump speaking earlier today on Fox Business with Maria Bartiroma talking uh, about making a deal with President Xi Jinping. 
of China. President Trump's route to the G20 in Osaka, Japan. He was asked also if he's going to watch the Democratic presidential debate. He says he doesn't have a choice, so he has to. With me here live in Miami, Democratic strategist Adrian Elrod. We are literally standing just outside his spin room. We're going to be in there for our coverage of that uh, later this evening. Also, Craig Gordon, Bloomberg News Washington Bureau Chief, Congressman, Democratic Congressman of Florida's 18th Congressional District, Patrick Murphy, and A.B. Stoddard. A.B. Stoddard's back, missing all the fun, A.B. She's holding down the fourth for us in Washington, D.C., Associate Editor and Columnist at Real Clear Politics. A.B., how is the issue of socialism, Democratic socialism, going to play tonight? Because... Senator Elizabeth Warren says she's not a socialist, that she's a capitalist with rules. She believes in rules. Whereas Senator Sanders on the stage tomorrow night, he says, hey, call him a socialist. Right. This is why I'm I'm so fascinated to see if she, you know, resists the temptation or gives in to the temptation to sort of contrast herself with Sanders, who's not going to be there to rebut. Uh, a lot of I, I had a Democratic member raise this with me recently. You know, she's a she's a capitalist. And I said, do you think the rest of the country knows that? And he said, no. I mean, basically, most of the general electorate uh, population looks at the two of them as sort of the same, right? A lot of their policy positions are similar and that uh, they must line up to be the same, you know, type of, uh, you know, socialist, new socialist Democrat. So um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of um, remarks she makes on that today and whether or not anyone like John Delaney tries to counter that and say, you know, we really can't be the party of socialism because what the president wants the most is for the Democrats to embrace socialism so he can say that um, he's going to save the country from becoming Venezuela. So the actual label is important. um, And some of the Democrats think it's a very dangerous trap. So uh, the idea that she is a capitalist is something that she would, you know, if she becomes a top, if she stays in the top three, she's going to have to um, brand herself with um, distinction on that issue. Speaking of branding yourself, I mean, Congressman Tim Ryan, he's a Democrat from uh, Ohio. Ohio, Ohio, Ohio. The all-important Ohio. He's a moderate Patrick Murphy. I mean, is it possible for a centrist candidate to really kind of just get a coalition behind them and, and on the, the Democratic Socialists? It would sure seem like a stretch uh, for that to be the reality. And it's not just what's happening in our country, but uh, the truth is it's happening around the world. The, the, the moderate candidate isn't really winning, right? It's the socialist on one end or, or the strong man on Why? the other. Why, though? Personally, I think it's because of income inequality. If you have to boil it all down, people are angry. They're pissed off right now, right? They're seeing more inequality than ever. Thanks to social media and TV and everything else, they're seeing more of this disparity, and they're upset about it. And they've been lied to time and time again. They've been promised so many different things, and it hasn't panned out for them. And they're seeing the top 0.1% doing better than ever. So uh, I, I think it all boils down to inequality. There is one moderate that could win the nomination. His name is Joe Biden. You oh, also, he's, a, he's still a moderate. You also have to be the vice president to Barack Obama for two terms and a senator for 400 <laughs> years or whatever he was in the Senate. So, look, Tim Ryan is a Tim Ryan is the candidate the Democrats tried to cook up in the laboratory sort of post-Clinton, right? Midwestern. He's kind of tall. sort of Does good-looking yoga, guy. Oh, he does. Really? Okay, point out for that. He but, wrote a, bo- but otherwise, he wrote a book on yoga. 
I think it was meditation. Booker's, meditation Booker's a vegan with yoga. No, I'm sorry. The country doesn't want to. It's a diverse panel. Very extremely. Um, but no, I mean, look, I think Democrats, 20 years ago, Tim Ryan was sort of exactly the person they wanted, you know, kind of Midwestern, good looking, strong jaw, uh, Youngstown, Ohio sort of guy. Right now, that is not where the Democratic Party is, and that's why Warren is having her moment, and that's why I think the only moderate, moderate air quotes is, uh, is Joe Biden. Greg Gordon's the boss. He can say whatever he wants. Go ahead, Adrian. Well, no, I think to Craig's point about Tim Ryan, he's been somebody that I've I've consistently said I think may be sort of the dark horse breakout candidate tonight because, you know, Tim has been, and Patrick, of course, served in Congress with him, and I've known Tim for a long time. He's been talking about, you know, rebuilding the, you know, middle class, um, you know, basically rebuilding the middle class in middle America and rebuilding the manufacturing base. He's talked a lot about bringing jobs from Silicon Valley out to the middle of Ohio. Youngstown, Ohio is, is where he was born and raised. And, you know, he, for him, I mean, the debate, I'm sure he's going through it, but he's kind of got his shtick down. And I think he just has not been able to really deliver this on a larger scale. So when you contrast him tonight with some of the other candidates, like Elizabeth Warren, who tends to be far more progressive, for example, I think he's in Beto or work to an extent, too. I think he's going to really shine. And I think there's going to be a lot of voters out there who are saying, you know what? I thought Joe Biden was the only guy who could probably win back some of these white working class voters. But now I'm seeing this other guy called named Tim Ryan from Ohio, of who all meditates. places. Who meditates, apparently. Um, wrote a book about it. But is also somebody who just has such a strong message on... You know, on a, on a set of issues, especially when it comes to jobs and rebuilding that manufacturing base in middle America, that a lot of Democrats. Care you know, you told me about the meditation, Christine Barada, our executive producer. AB, come in here. Yeah, the the thing is that I'm fascinated by is not only how durable uh, Joe Biden has been in polling and seeing how people are looking for that the party seems to be much less sort of woke and on and left and progressive as we were told they were in the primary electorate uh, and more um, kind of moderate and, and centrist but also that they're they're really placing a premium not only on electability but on experience and so that's something that's going to be a struggle for Tim Ryan. So I, there's something about how we boomerang back, you know, that we wouldn't have gotten Trump without Obama. And there, I think there is a, a hunger um, in the general electorate and also possibly in the Democratic primary electorate for someone who could do the job in their sleep. And, and that, you know, President, President Trump, the outsider without any experience, um, in their view, is, is a disaster. And so um, I think these congressmen who are early in their terms or they've never had a national platform um, or even even senators are not enough of a heavyweight when these people think about choosing someone to not only go up against President Trump, but beat him and then govern us out of the problems they believe Trump created. Senator Elizabeth Warren's on the stage tonight, Congressman Tim Ryan, Beto O'Rourke, Senator Amy Klobuchar. I think Senator Klobuchar could have a good night just because the expectations for Senator Warren are potentially uh, very, very high. She's Governor funny. Jay Inslee, Tulsi Gabbard, John Delaney, de Blasio, Castro, and Senator Cory Booker, who, by the way, doesn't have AirPods. I saw him on the flight from uh, Reagan down here to Miami. And he, and he had, No, I have beats. But he has, uh, he has like, those, those cord things. Anyway, coming up, much more politics and policy with the all-star panel. Craig <laughs> Gordon, they're called, the boss. They're called earbuds. They're called earbuds. Sorry, I'm a millennial. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm Kevin Cirilli. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. <laughs> Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. 
you need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large-sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, The Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business, demands. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. This is Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Fund Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. I'm in Miami. I got to get to Versailles. That's this like famous Cuban restaurant down here. Every time I come to Miami, that's where I got to eat. They've got like this Cuban street food. Delicious. Joining me on the line, Bob, thanks for calling in. He is the Director of Strategic Rapid Response for President Trump's re-election campaign. Mark, first, have you been to Versailles yet to get some Cuban food? And secondly, what are you going to be watching for tonight? Well, uh, no, Kevin, I wasn't able to do that. Uh, I do know that uh, the National Committee chairwoman was there this afternoon uh, and uh, touring and talking to folks in the, uh, at that location. I, unfortunately, I was uh, not able to go because I had uh, some interviews uh, with you and other folks uh, <laughs> scheduled throughout the day. You know, I'll tell you, Kevin, what I'm looking for tonight, uh, what I think we're going to see is a free-for-all. Uh, everything is free for, and uh, and I think that's what the Democrats are going to do. And and as I, and I said, I told you earlier, I think the more and more the Democrats talk about their policies, it's going to end up being a four-hour infomercial for the re-election of President Trump. So who who gives you pause? Is it Senator Elizabeth Warren? Is it uh, Better O'Rourke? Is it Mayor Bill De Blasio? I, I, we really don't see any of the Democrat candidates as being any different from each other. They're all having to endorse a lot of these radical proposals, whether it's the Green New Deal or for uh, you know taking over government, uh, taking over private health insurance, kicking 180 million people off of their employer-provided health care, and 20 million American senior citizens off their Medicare Advantage plans. We've seen so many of these radical positions coming out of the Democrat field. They're all endorsing them. And uh, whichever one uh, actually wins the nomination is going to have to defend those uh, against President Trump. Mark Lauder, he is the director of strategic rapid response for the President Trump's re-election campaign. A.B. Stoddard, she's also with us holding down the fort uh, in Washington, D.C. She is the associate editor and columnist at Real Clear Politics. A.B., if you have a question for Mark, feel free to ask him. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in, in uh, whether or not the president is going to be live um, tweeting uh, or whatever so we call it um, throughout <laughs> both nights um, and about 20 candidates or whether um, less would be more. Well, I'm not sure if he uh, will be live tweeting or not. Uh, a, I don't want to get ahead of the president, but B, as you well know, he is on Air Force One right now, headed halfway around the world to the G20 summit in Osaka, Japan. Uh, so while I'm sure, obviously, if he's watching some of it and decides he, uh, you know, he can do that, uh, but also I know he'll have a lot of things to, do to prepare for that G20 summit. All right, we're going to have to leave it there, Mark. Thanks for checking in with us. Uh, and be sure to check out my interview with Mark on Bloomberg Television. It's on BloombergTV.com. Coming up, 
the panel reacts, and we also have a final preview. Plus, policy, policy. Is there that much of a difference between the populist streak of Republicans and Democrats as it relates to trade? President Trump's en route to the G20, Osaka, Japan. I'm Kevin Cirilli. You can download the Sounds On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find us on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. This is Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore. Greetings from a hot and humid Miami where we are just a couple of hours away from the kickoff of the NBC, MSNBC, Telemundo, first Democratic presidential debate. They're going to 10 candidates take stage tonight. Get ready. I'm going to go through them. Booker, Castro, de Blasio, Delaney, Gabbard, Jay Inslee, Klobuchar, Beto O'Rourke, Tim Ryan, and Senator Elizabeth Warren. That's tonight. A.B. Stoddard is holding down the fort for me while I am in Miami. She is the uh, Real Clear Politics associate editor and columnist. Craig Gordon's with me here in Miami. He's the big boss. He is the Bloomberg News Washington Bureau Chief, as well as Democratic strategist Adrienne Elrod. She is a senior advisor to the Clinton for former Clinton campaign. And former Congressman Murphy is also here. He represented Florida's 18th congressional district as a Democratic congressman. A.B., I mean, just procedurally, 20 candidates. Talk about it from the DNC perspective. This could be either an illustration of things going very well, where they have many, many candidates running and, and voters can take their pick, or it could be, I don't know, disorganized. Well, look, let's be honest, this is never what the party wants, um, and they can't wait to get to the next stage, which is when people will have to say goodbye, and uh, they will raise the criteria to 130,000 individual donors for the debates in September, and it's time to um, winnow the field. So they, what, 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 what we've heard for months with all these people getting in is it's so great. We have all these voices and all this energy and this, we're such a diverse party. It's so exciting. A big debate is upon us, but they really want this narrowed down as, as soon as possible. So this debate, we will not remember. I mean, unless, you know, obviously there are individual interesting moments of drama. We don't know that this is actually going to really be consequential in the long term because there are too many of them. They're speaking for too short a time. It's, you know, back to back two nights. And what they didn't want to happen is it's completely uneven with all the top pollers in one night and just Elizabeth Warren, one of the top five by herself in the first night. So um, I, I, I do think that it, they won't want to admit this on the record, but this is something they're just trying to really get through. And they'll get through it, but it's a dangerous night for the Democratic Party, in my view. If, if I'm one of the people on that stage tonight not named Elizabeth Warren, I'm going to try to, I might want to try to say something sort of outrageous to get that Twitter moment, to get that thing that's played over and over and over again on CNN. If you have nine people doing that, you could have nine pretty kooky moments that make the Democratic Party look, you know, a, a little anxious, a little, a little outside the mainstream. Um, and suddenly, as our previous guest, Mark Latter, said, Donald Trump's not looking so bad. I'm not predicting this. I'm just saying I'm guessing Tom Perez is sitting in a very well-air-conditioned suite somewhere tonight 
terrified of that outcome. I talked to Tom Perez, the, the chairman of the DNC. He seemed to be in good spirits, Greg, just for what it's worth. He was smiling. He was walking out. You know, he's, he's a biker. He rides his, his bike. I don't, it's kind of a little too hot down here in Miami. All right, Adrian Elrod, Democratic strategist. You heard from two of the best in the biz, A.B. Stoddard, uh, associate columnist uh, and associate editor and columnist at RealClearPolitics.com. Our boss, Craig Gordon, the Washington bureau chief. They they're saying this could be a mess, Adrian. Yeah, look, I am going to res- respectfully disagree with your boss, who's amazing. <laughs> um, I don't think this is going to be a mess at all. But I do think, and I have I have said this on the record quite a few times over the last few days. I do think that candidates should stress about having a viral moment and focus more on introducing themselves to the American voters, Why? the American electorate. Well, for, for one, I think it's hard to manufacture a viral moment, right? I mean, if you have something memorized that you want to say, that you want to get across, what if the opportunity does not present itself to get that point across? And then if you really, you know, in debate prep and whatnot, really honed in on that one particular line or a set of lines, and then you, you know, flub it in some way, shape, or form, Sort of like the Cory Booker Spartacus moment in the Ooh. Judiciary Committee hearing. Ooh. I mean, that, that will Brutal. backfire. That will Brutal. backfire. So, you know, my advice to candidates is to let this first date be a chance to get your sea legs underneath you, become comfortable, introduce yourself to the American voters. You might have a you know viral that happens organically, and that's great. But focus less on that and focus more on getting your message across. And by the way, it's about the, the eight minutes of it. Yeah, time you're not even going to get to breathe. I mean, like, you have more time to come. Hey, come on, sound on. You can talk for as long as you want. Uh, C- former Congressman Patrick Murphy of uh, Florida's Congressional District 18, do you think it's going to be a mess? Look, I, I think uh, the Republicans and, and President Trump and others are going to frame this as a train wreck and a mess because there will be some borderline crazy things probably said that I might not agree with. The danger is that people then start to fall, that other candidates have to fall in line and go toward this new extreme policy, whatever that might be. Or that it turns off voters who are watching at home and that's the Democratic Party? Yes, and and that that is the risk because, as Adrian said, this is really a moment to introduce yourself. The vast majority of Americans have no idea who 99% of these people are. They've got to introduce themselves. And whomever can combine both policy and personality, I think, is going to be that quote-unquote quote, breakout person of this evening. So uh, we'll see it all plays out. Um, But voters that are sort of sober in their analysis are going to see a very large spectrum of candidates here, right? This isn't just a bunch of progressive or a bunch of moderates. You've got it all. I mean, you look here at uh, Congressman John Delaney of... of very successful business person, elected in, you know, 2012. He's going to be as pro-business as any Republican out there, and you know, as a Republican would be analyzing this. Um, and then you got uh, Bill de Blasio, is probably progressive as anybody on this stage, along with Elizabeth Warren. So it's a, it's a big spectrum. Yeah, and that's the one place where the Democratic you know party could look well. You've got Jay Inslee on there talking about um, talking about climate change is number one issue. People worry about climate. There, you know, if he has a smart program for how to deal with that, that's a real thing. We all know everything. Everyone around this table knows Amy Klobuchar. Personally, to some extent, an unbelievably funny, warm person can project that sort of Midwest, get it done spirit. Julian Castro, obviously, Cory Booker, you know, brings a little more of a maybe a softer touch. So the flip side, the, the, the happy area maybe for Adrian would be if, if they actually say, like, oh, there's actually a lot of different voices there. And they bring each bring a little something to the uh, to the mosaic here. And, OK, I want to hear more from these people because I want one of them to beat Donald Trump. I do think, Kevin, um, what I'm going to be also really interested in is the places, the questions where the candidates are going to try to sort of dodge. Uh, they can't contrast with the president very well. Ooh, you're like on trade, right? 
trade and pulling troops out of the Middle East. I mean, basically, Explain Elizabeth both. Warren is lined up with the president, and those are the questions they're not going to want to answer. And that actually is, you know, for um, uh, for a lot of voters in the middle who are not going to vote for President Trump, but maybe a Republican or independent, they're going to be listening for those answers. Adrian, I mean, is there, to, to, to AB's point, on the issue like trade, I mean, that populist streak of, of policy really does exist uh, with President Trump, who, who is going over to the G20 in Osaka, Japan, meeting with President Xi Jinping, and on the left. I mean, look, you know this respectfully, Senator Bernie Sanders ripped, ripped, like tore apart on, on the Clinton campaign on NAFTA. And you're we're, still, me, we're still talking about NAFTA. I'm giving you flashbacks. You're also giving me PTSD on TPP, which oh, is something that we really um, the straddled the line with on the campaign. Um, you know, look, absolutely. I think that, that this is an area of contrast. And I think, you know, I'm interested to actually know if the debate moderator moderators even get to a question about trade. We have the immigration. I think they have to, but I think we've got, you know, we've got the immigration, you know, the, the, the uh, horrible photo that's been going viral today of the father and his um, young daughter trying to cross the border. Tragic. I have a feeling that that's going to be injected into the debate, which might not. I think immigration would have come up, but I'm not sure that that particular you know, that humanitarian aspect of this to that level would have come up to this. So, you know, I think the debate moderators will probably get to trade, but I'm not entirely sure how much that issue will dominate tonight. Well, we're in Miami, so uh, the environment's going to come up. Climate change is going to come up. And if it's not asked, the, the uh, candidates will force that issue. Uh, immigration, uh, undoubtedly. Uh, and, and student debt has been been hot, uh, you know, in the news recently. Senator, uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren's been talking about the, a, a bold new proposal. Uh, so that, I think those are going to be a lot of the issues that, that are that I are always up. wonder why folks, you know, they go out. Like, it, it's interesting to see the critiques of big business and big tech, but never a big education, like higher education. A.B., Iran. Are we going to hear about Iran, especially uh, as the president has imposed uh, new additional sanctions, as as you got Tulsi Gabbard up there uh, on the stage tonight? What are we going to hear about Iran? Well, that's the thing. We know what Tulsi Gabbard is going to say. She's going to talk. She's going to do her riff on regime change wars, and um, she's quite repetitive on it. But I, I am interested, like I said, to see where the candidates actually don't contrast so much with the president. What would they do? Do they support regime change in Iran? Do they support additional sanctions? How effective do they think the sanctions campaign have been? Um, are we in? Should we, you know, have diplomatic um, relations? Should we begin an endeavor um, at talks? Is there a way um, to come back to the table after the JCPOA and just do another? deal. So I, it, th- those are questions I think that they, like trade, um, are not going to want to answer, and I hope they get asked. All right. Final question. we got like two minutes, so quickly. A.B., I'll start with you. By the way, A.B., thank you, my friend. Thank We've you, eaten all friend. the snacks. Forget oh. it. We've ransacked the place. <laughs> all right. Who, who's, who wins, who wins t- and who loses tonight? I, I don't know. I think Elizabeth Warren is going to have a great night. I just do th- I think right. that she is. Right. And I don't All know right. who the breakout star is going to be besides her. Adrienne Elrod, who wins tonight, who I, loses? I think Elizabeth Warren wins tonight. And I don't really know particularly who loses, but I think Tim Ryan is going to be my breakout um, star. Craig Gordon. I will be shocked if the lead of our story is that Elizabeth Warren did nothing to jeopardize her sort of rising number two position in the polls. Who loses? The other nine. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth Warren will be the professor that she is and, and, and have command of the issues. Uh, and I think Klobuchar could be the breakout. She's got a lot of personality. She's witty. She's quick on her feet. Uh, that Midwest sort of no personality. No one's saying Amy Klobuchar. Why, why not Amy? 
there's too many candidates to, to focus on. On you know, one, it's tough to pick one. You and, know, and, I, hey, anybody, it could be anybody. There's a lot of great people on here running. Does uh, does do you, do you think they go after Trump more, Craig? Quickly, do they go after Trump more, or do they go after? Yeah, I, if I were if I were a Democrat standing on that stage, I wouldn't waste a minute on the ten people standing around me. I'd, there's only one See, target I respectfully in this disagree. race. You got to take yep. the gloves off. All right, I want to thank everybody. Craig, thank you. AB, thank you. Adrian, thank you. Patrick, thank Thanks, you. Kevin. I'm Kevin Sirith, Washington correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. We are broadcasting live all throughout the net today and tomorrow from Miami. We're heading right into the spin room. With with David Sutcherman, our television coordinating field producer. Uh, our, my thanks to Christine Barada as well, the EP of our show, holding down the fort for us. Uh, you can download the Sound On podcast on iTunes, Bloomberg.com, or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. Find us on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Thanks for listening to Bloomberg 99.1. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more.